Brooklyn. What is going on, Nets fans? It is once again your boy, Neil Villapiano, and welcome to another edition of the Bridge to the Nets podcast right here on the Basketball Podcast Network, the number one place to get everything you need to know about your Brooklyn Nets. As always, guys, I hope you guys are having a fantastic day wherever you're listening to this podcast episode. Thank you guys, as always, for taking time out of your day. Check these episodes out. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. Folks, got a lot to talk about here on this edition of the Brook of the Bridge to the Nets podcast. We're going to basically be recapping the last couple of games. Um you know, against the Knicks when we played them on Sunday. We're also going to be recapping the game against the Orlando Magic. And then we're going to finish off by recapping the Nets game back on Wednesday when they took on the Dallas Mavericks. So, as always, guys, we have a bunch to get to here on the Bridge to the Nets podcast. So let's not waste any more time and tip this one off. So we'll start with the game against the Knicks on Sunday. Now, the Nets were obviously coming off the big blah victory we talked about last week against the Philadelphia 76ers, coming in with a lot of confidence, looking for their third straight win. Also, since taking on the Knicks, they are looking to try to finish the season series against the Knicks, winning every single game and firmly taking control of basketball in New York. And this was one hell of a game. And I want to just start off by saying that, you know, despite obviously the Knicks not having a good season, having a disappointing season, this team fights. This team fights a lot and they try to do everything they possibly can to try to win basketball games. And this was not an easy game for the Nets. This was not right from the start. And the, obviously the biggest thing was that Kyrie Irving was in attendance, uh, sitting courtside. He actually ended up going and being in the locker room with the team, to which we found out the day a day later that uh, that apparently was against uh, the mandate rules that uh, New York has. So I think the Nets were fined something like $50,000 for Kyrie Irving just being in the locker room. So again, for him to be allowed to come into the arena unvaccinated, sit courtside unvaccinated, and all of that stuff, he's still not allowed to play, and he's still not allowed to even just be in the locker room. Yet he's allowed to practice with the team in Brooklyn. So again, another day in which it just doesn't make any damn sense whatsoever. But again, it is what it is, and there isn't much we could really uh we can really do about it. So you just kind of shrug your shoulders and say, whatever. Yeah, just keep going. But again, this was a really, really good back and forth game. It was a packed crowd. It was, there was a lot of electricity in the building. And I felt good when the game started because the Nets got off to such a good start. But towards the end of that first quarter, again, because of our brilliant head coach, Steve Nash, he kind of just took all the momentum, you know, moving some guys out of the lineup and taking them out and allowing the Knicks to get back into the game. And that eventually became a dogfight. You know, the Nets ended up winning that first quarter only 35 to 30. So you felt good dropping nearly 40 points in the first quarter. But uh, after that, the Nets actually ended up scoring fewer and fewer points. They finished with 27 in the second, 26 in the third, and then just a measly 22 
in the fourth quarter. They actually only outscored the Knicks in the third quarter. In both the second and fourth, they got outscored. But Kevin Durant, that man, the best player in the NBA, had himself arguably his best game of his entire career with the Brooklyn Nets. He finished with 53 points, but also adding nine assists, six rebounds, and two steals, which makes Kevin Durant now has the record for the most points by a net in franchise history against the New York Knicks. So that was quite an impressive showing from the best player in the NBA. And I remember he was being guarded in the uh, second half by Evan Fournier. He just posted up and knocked down a jumper and he looked right at Evan Fournier and did the, you know, you're too small type of thing. He's calling him teeny, basically. Really, really talking smack. You also saw Kevin Durant and Julius Randle talking a lot of smack back and forth as well. It was just an entertaining game. It really, really was very stressful. There were certainly times where I really did think that the Nets were going to drop this one, and it would have been a very frustrating loss, but the Nets were able to come away with the victory. Andre Drummond had himself a really good game as well. He dropped 18 points, 10 rebound, double-double. Bruce Brown, who continues to arguably be the best player on this team since the James Harden trade added another really, really good effort. He was the only other starter who scored in double digits with a 15 point effort that also included seven rebounds, five assists and two steals. Nick Claxton getting himself 10 points coming off the bench also. So those were a couple of guys that really stood out in this game. And again, we have been without Seth Curry for the last couple of games. So it has been good to see some other guys stepping up in his absence. Now I did get word that there's a good chance he will be playing. Seth Curry will be playing um, on Friday when the Nets are taking on for some reason, it's actually like screwing up in my head who they're ending up playing. I thought it was Memphis, but Memphis is on Wednesday of this upcoming week. Uh, they're playing Utah on, on uh, excuse me, they're playing Portland on Friday, then Utah, then Memphis. So again, some tough opponents moving forward, but at the same time, it's good that we're starting to get healthy a little bit more, albeit, you know, we're still without Aldridge and we need him back. We're still without Ben Simmons, obviously. And we'll talk a little bit more about Ben Simmons um, moving forward, but nonetheless, it was a really, really good effort by the, by the Nets and also to finish the, the, uh, the season winning every single game against the Knicks is obviously me, you know, me speaking as a Nets fan and, uh, you know, for all those years that the Knicks have been, you know, beating us, I think it's great that we have a year where we were far and away the better of the New York team. So that is, uh, that's a major positive. And what makes it better is that that's a three game winning streak. And I got to be honest with you. I don't even remember the last time the Nets won three in a row. It's a very interesting time when they won three in a row and you say to yourself, damn, this team is starting to click a little bit more. You're starting to see them get really, really going. But then you shift over to the game against the Orlando Magic. And you know the old song that goes, anything you can do, I can do better. Well, Kyrie Irving saw in, you know, uh, you know, sitting courtside, he saw Kevin Durant have himself one hell of a game against the Knicks, 53 points. They were dapping up at the end of the game. At the end of the game, they were fired up. It was a great win, great all around. But Kyrie Irving, just a couple of days later, decides on Tuesday that he was going to do even better than Kevin Durant. And oh boy, did he do exactly that. And I will just start off by saying this. The Knicks were up by 18 at the end of the first quarter. It was 48 to 30. The Nets had dropped nearly 50 points in the first 
quarter, the first quarter. And yes, I know it's the Orlando Magic. I know that they are not that good of a team, but still. And if you look at it in total, the Nets had 86 points through the first half. 86. They were 14 points shy of 100 points before the end of the first half. That is remarkable. That is remarkable. The Nets would go on to blow out, and I mean blow out, the Orlando Magic in Orlando by the final score of 150 to 108. But the story of this game was that man, Mr. Kyrie Irving, who had the greatest game that a Brooklyn slash New Jersey Net has ever had as Kyrie Irving finished with exactly 60, 60 points on the night, which is unfreaking believable. He finished 60 points, six rebounds, four assists, four steals, and the block. Kyrie Irving was doing it all in a game where Kevin Durant, who had dropped 53, dropped a measly to his to his uh to his level, a measly 19 points in this game as it was the Kyrie Irving show. He would not be denied. He was unstoppable, unstoppable. The only thing that I would say that is frustrating is something that I, that Stephen A on ESPN's first take has mentioned several times. And I do agree that imagine what Kyrie Irving and this team could be if Kyrie Irving was playing full-time and, uh, we know, obviously, he's not going to get vaccinated. He's made that very, very clear. Uh, Eric Adams, the mayor of, of New York, has made it clear that he has no intention anytime soon of, um, of lifting the mandate to allow Kyrie Irving to, uh, to play full time. But I think I should mention the fact that this mandate also affects players on the New York Yankees and Mets and Aaron Judge who is arguably the biggest star in baseball or one of the biggest stars in baseball and certainly the biggest star in baseball in New York uh, is also unvaccinated. And even though their games are played outdoors, which makes even that mandate make even less sense, uh, Aaron Judge would not be allowed to play. And you're thinking about this. They're playing 162 games. That's 81 home games. And also you add on the games being played in Toronto against the Blue Jays, you're looking at a decent amount of nearly, nearly 90, you're looking at at least 90 plus games in which Aaron Judge could potentially not play. And I did hear some rumors and rumblings that the, the city of New York may make an exception for Aaron Judge. Well, if they make an exception for Aaron Judge, why the hell do they not make an exception for Kyrie Irving? Um, there is no difference between what Aaron Judge is doing and what Kyrie Irving's doing. Um, it just absolutely makes no sense whatsoever, but it is something to keep an eye on moving forward. It's just something to look at because it is strange, but it is frustrating to see Kyrie Irving have an amazing game like that and know that if he played in every single game, the type of damage that this Nets team could do on a night to night basis. And, uh, once we talk about the game against Dallas the very next night, it'll bring up the point that I'm trying to make right now in which that we all know how dangerous this Nets team is when both Kyrie and KD are on the floor with the guys that we have on the roster right now. Um, but again, 
I understand that it was the magic and the magic are not good, but you, but also you, you can't deny the greatness of somebody like Kyrie Irving to do the type of damage that he did. So Kyrie Irving now has the record for the most points scored in a single game in New Jersey Nets slash Brooklyn Nets history. Darren Williams, who had 50, I believe it's 55 in one game. Uh, he had hold the, he had held the previous record. The other thing that was significant about these last two games against the Knicks and then the Magic is that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving became the first teammates to score 50 points or more in back-to-back games in NBA history with KD dropping 53 and then Kyrie Irving following that up with 60. I mean, that is absolutely remarkable absolutely remarkable and just completely blows my mind as to how good these guys really are. And then you look at this multi 50 point games, Nets NBA history. Kevin Durant has two this season as he dropped 51 back in December against the Detroit Pistons and then dropped 53 on Sunday against the Knicks. You look at Kyrie Irving. He had 50 points, October 23rd of 2019, the first game of his career as a net um, against Minnesota. Then this year, March 8th, um, he dropped 50 points in Charlotte. If you remember last week, uh, he dropped 54 against Chicago on New Year's on New Year's Eve 2020. And then obviously uh, this past week, he dropped uh, 60 against the Orlando Magic. So obviously these two dudes have been unbelievable um, in these last two games. But again, it just once again reiterates the fact that we all want to see Kyrie Irving play full time. But I will reiterate this because I want to be very, very clear. Kyrie Irving, unless something magically changes about him, is not going to get vaccinated. We know that for a fact. And so unfortunately, as fans and everybody else, the only way that we can hope that Kyrie Irving gets a chance to play every single game is simply that Mayor Eric Adams decides to lift the mandate completely and to allow even people from private sectors to play without being vaccinated. And again, I've mentioned it several times, and it sucks that I have to keep bringing up a politician when it comes to talking about this team, but that is the unfortunate position that Kyrie Irving has put everyone in. I mean, whether we like it or not, Kyrie Irving is the sole man responsible for the position that we're in right now with him only playing part-time. So it is very, very frustrating to say the least, but still, you can't deny how great that game was. And obviously Kyrie Irving won't have that many more games left to play this year. And we do know that there's a very likely possibility that we will have to play Toronto in the play-in round, which is something we're not hoping for. Um, But if that's the case, I mean, we don't have Kyrie Irving, whether we're playing in Brooklyn or in Toronto, we're screwed either way. So it sucks. And that's why if the Nets can really get themselves going and win a lot of their games the rest of the way and move up in the standings, that will put them in a much more manageable uh, position. I should also mention, by the way, I forgot to mention this when I was recapping the game against the Knicks. Patty Mills was able to knock down a couple threes in that game, and he moved into sole possession of third place all time in Nets history for most threes in a season. He currently has, I'm actually going to look this up really quickly here because I think it's, um, because he's pretty close to tying Joe Harris for second all time. And I think that's kind of a, a remarkable thing that he really has had a year like this where I'm not saying that people didn't expect it, but it, it's, 
It's phenomenal. But it also, again, reiterates the fact that, look, Patty Mills was not expected to play as many minutes as he's been playing this year. But again, it's just phenomenal what he's been able to do. So if you look at it from the standpoint of this year, we can try to find the total amount of um, three-pointers he's made. He's made 209 at the time of this recording. So Patty Mills needs just needs just uh, three more to move past Joe Harris into second all-time for most three-pointers in a season. Joe Harris currently with 211. D'Angelo Russell has the most with 234. Is there a possibility that Patty Mills could be number one by the end of the season? I think there's a very likely possibility that it could happen. Could he also fall relatively short? Yeah, he could do the exact same thing. But still, for Patty Mills, who has had some up and down games, especially over the last couple of months, I think it has just been really key to see him getting to some records. So, And I think it's just impressive in general that we have this many records and milestones that are being achieved with this team, despite everything that's going on right now. It is certainly phenomenal, but all in all, a really Really phenomenal win against the Orlando Magic, moving us to now a four-game winning streak at this point. And you cannot help but feel good. You cannot help but feel really good, especially after that game. The NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big too. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right. A bump in the wind column for your team means free bets for you. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state, don't worry. You still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to bet just $1 on any NHL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 or older, restrictions apply. See show notes for details. But then we shift over to the very next night, Wednesday night, national TV against Luka Doncic and a former friend of ours, Spencer Dinwiddie, and the Dallas Mavericks. And you knew the Nets were going to be shorthanded with no Kyrie, no Seth Curry, no LaMarcus Aldridge, no Ben Simmons. You knew that, once again, this was going to be a challenge. And you knew, obviously, that the Dallas Mavericks, who are a very solid team, and Luka Doncic is one of the top top five, certainly top ten players in the NBA, and we know the type of play that Spencer Dinwiddie can bring on a night-to-night basis, you, you knew it was going to be tough. And Luka Doncic, he brought his A game. He ended up dropping 37 points in this game with nine rebounds, nine assists. He was uh, an assist and a rebound away from a triple-double. And I think if this game ended up going to overtime, he probably would have gotten that triple-double. But it still was a phenomenal game by Luka Doncic. And Kevin Durant had himself another great game. And if you look at the situation where the Nets are down they're down one, 108 to 110. Kevin Durant gets that ball at the three-point line. And you knew that there was a very good chance he was going to knock it down. And now he did knock it down like he normally does. He twished it. He absolutely drilled it. So at this point, it's 111 to 110, 110. And you have an opportunity. All you need to do is get a stop and you win. And I felt very, very confident because now you're in a position where you say, you stopped 
You stop whoever shoots this ball, you're going to win the game, and you make it a five-game winning streak. And at first, when the Mavericks inbounded the ball, it looked like for sure that Luka Doncic was going to take the last shot. It looked for sure that that was going to be the case. You saw Kevin Durant come down for the double team, and I was against the double team a little bit, although you know that Luka Doncic one-on-one could hit this shot. We've seen him hit three-point shots like that before, so it's something you don't want. You also knew that the Mavericks really didn't need a three to win the game. They did. They all they need to do was take a two, but it did look like that they were certainly keen on looking for a three. But Kevin Durant was originally supposed to be guarding or or was guarding Spencer Dinwiddie, but he went over to Luka Doncic to stop the double team. And you you take the percentage, obviously, you think more likely that Luka Doncic is going to take the last shot, and especially with him having a thirty-seven point outing at that point, you don't want to give him the chance to be the guy that ends it. But you leave Spencer Dinwiddie open for a second. Not that much. Not that much. Kevin Durant kind of bites on the pass a little bit. He was able to get over to still be somewhat contesting. Spencer Dinwiddie takes the shot. And I'm just thinking to myself, no way. Do not tell me the basketball gods are going to allow this to happen. And sure enough, Spencer Dinwiddie, even with a decent amount of defense on him, knocked down the shot. And the Mavericks ended up winning this game in a thriller at the buzzer. 113 to 111. It was overall a great game. And uh, you knew that Spencer Dinwiddie was going to have one of those revenge games against his former team. He finished with 22 points, four rebounds, three assists, three steals, and obviously had himself the game winning shot. And it was, uh, it was definitely, I guess you'd say like a tough pill to swallow because it's one of those where you're facing a team that is um, just from a record standpoint, better than you are. Um, certainly been playing well, but you're playing at home again, depleted, but it's an opportunity to win that game and go on a five game winning streak going into your next game. Um, but Spencer Dinwiddie was, uh, the star of that one as he got him as he got the last laugh. And, uh, again, it's one of those where you can sort of be like, okay, it sucks, but we move forward. But at the same time with, um, very few games left to go in the year and you need to win as many as possible to move up in the standings and, and get chemistry going. You can't afford to lose too many of those games. Um, so hopefully with the Nets going up against the depleted Portland trailblazers team who got blown out by the Knicks um, a couple of days ago, you're hoping that they can bounce back from that deflating loss and win that game and get it to winning five of your last six. I think that is, very, very important. But I also want to look at Andre Drummond. Andre Drummond had arguably one of his best games from a rebounding standpoint as he notched 14 points and 17 rebounds in this game. And I've said it before that this was the main reason why I was so excited when the Nets got Andre Drummond. This man has led the NBA in rebounds for the last five freaking years. This guy is a walking rebound. He's the, he's the real round mound of rebounds. I mean, it. this guy knows what it takes. And I remember the media was interviewing him after the game. And he says, look, when KD and Kyrie miss shots, it's easy, uh, it's easy for me to grab those rebounds. Uh, and there was a lot of opportunities for Drummond to uh, get rebounds. But he also did miss some key free throw shots at the end, which unfortunately, that's what you get with Andre Drummond. He's just not that good of a free throw shooter. And free throw shooting is such a big part of this game. And you wonder... You know, especially in these type of losses, you wonder if we had made a couple more of our free throws, would we have even had to be in that position where Dinwiddie had the chance to win the game? Um, and we know that nine times out of 10, 
Well, no, I would say it's more 50-50 because we've seen Spencer Dinwiddie in the past when he was with the Nets knocking down clutch shots like that. Um, you knew that uh, if Dinwiddie took that shot nine out of 10 times, he probably doesn't make that. But it was his game to win. It was his revenge to get. And that's exactly what he did. What kind of gets lost in this is, is simply this. You look at KD, 23 points, 10 assists, six rebounds, double-double. Very, very solid game. From a point standpoint, a little bit better than what he did against the Orlando Magic. But Goran Dragic had his best game, not even arguing, best game as a Brooklyn Net. He had 21 points, four assists, and three rebounds. That looked like the Goran Dragic that we've seen in years past with Phoenix, um, with Miami as well. We, we That's what we're seeing. I don't expect that to be every single night, but if we could have a couple more nights like that, even when we get in the playoffs, I think that would be absolutely phenomenal. I mentioned before about Drummond, Bruce Brown with another really good game, 17 points, nine rebounds, five assists. So he was one rebound shy of a double double. Uh, Nick Claxton, another really strong game off the bench, uh, even better than the one he had against the Knicks. He ended up with 13 points, five rebounds. So over these last couple of games, you're starting to see guys consistently become big factors in these games. Drummond, Brown, Claxton, obviously KD and Kyrie. There's no question about it. But then you have guys like Goran Dragic that are having a good game here or there. It sucks that all that came in a losing effort, but again, it was based off of a great shot to win the game at the buzzer by former net Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, so, and that happens. And I'm happy that Dinwiddie is really flourishing with the Mavericks. They seem to really enjoy having him. I think it was a good move for the Mavericks to get a guy like Dinwiddie. And uh, he's really, really showcasing himself. And I know Katie said like, Dude, that's why he gets paid as much as he does because he makes shots like that. And Katie should know because he saw him play for a couple of years. And obviously, he, you know, uh, Dinwiddie was still here when Kevin Durant and um, Kyrie Irving got here. So, I mean, it, that's just what it is. Um, but yeah, it does suck to lose a heartbreaking game like that. You look at it in the Nets in many ways, um, just still a little bit better. I look at it like, you got to give the Mavericks credit. 19 of 19 from the from the free throw line. The Nets missed three out of the 15 that they that they attempted. So you know, obviously, even with uh, they had knocked down all of their free throws, the Nets would have won this game even with Dinwiddie knocking down that shot. Um, it was a tough loss. It was a tough loss. But the hope is is that, like I mentioned before, going into Friday's game against the Portland Trailblazers at home, that the Nets can forget about that game. You've gotten some time to think about it. Let's move on now to the next game. So when you look at the net schedule moving forward, they have Portland tonight. Then on Monday, they're at home against the Utah Jazz. And then they're in uh, Memphis taking on the very talented and dangerous Memphis Grizzlies team. So two of the next three games are going to be very, very difficult for this Nets team. So it would obviously be great if the Nets can win this game tonight, uh, win this game on Friday against Portland, and then have some more confidence going into games against Utah at home and then Memphis. Memphis is going to be the next one of those major, major games moving forward. And then you obviously look Saturday um, at Miami and then at home against Phoenix on Sunday. So you look at Portland, Utah, Memphis, Miami, Charlotte. Those are some tough games. Those are some really, really tough games moving forward. But uh, again, hopefully, hopefully the Nets can shake off that difficult loss uh, from 
from losing to Dallas and regroup against Portland. Now, the last thing I wanted to quickly mention is another relatively somewhat update on Ben Simmons. Uh, the latest that we got simply is that Ben Simmons is, you know, with the team at shoot around, kind of taking shots here and there, still getting shots for his back and uh, doing some light work. And Ben Simmons and the Nets say that they are very hopeful that Simmons can play a couple of games towards the end of the regular season going into the playoffs. It's not the greatest thing in the world. Um, I feel like now the longer it's been since Ben Simmons first reported a back injury, and obviously it's been a couple of games since the whole 76ers uh, situation back last Thursday, I think I'm starting to believe more and more that Ben Simmons really does have a back problem and that he's really trying to get back and uh, to be healthy. And I mean, look, it is he's probably stiff because he hasn't played all season long, and it's a very unfortunate thing. But uh we continue to move forward here in what has been a um, a very crazy season in general. Um, but you look at it, there's a lot of really tough games moving forward, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how the Nets can move forward here. I'm hoping to see more guys like Claxton, um, you know, Bruce Brown continuing to do things, Drummond, Seth Curry maybe coming back against Portland. Uh, you know, hopefully Aldridge comes back sooner rather than later. Um, you're looking forward to all these guys getting healthy very, very quickly and continuing to step up in roles and making our team that much deeper. So I think that's the important thing. But I think when you look at the week, you look at this past week, it's been a good one. It's been a good one other than the tough loss against Dallas. But again, let's see how they regroup on Friday if they can regroup and uh, come out with a solid win against the Portland Trailblazers at home, a team that uh, is depleted. No Lillard, no, you know, McCollum's been traded. This is a team that uh, really, really should go out. This is a Nets team right now that really should go out there and win this game and not have too much trouble doing it. But uh, again, we shall see what happens.